You're listening to Drive Time Devotionals, a podcast to help you stand strong in your faith so you will remain in Christ. I really appreciate your desire to turn off the music and to take about 10 minutes to feed your soul from God's Word. I'm Bill Simpson, and my website is BillSimpson.org. In this episode, we're going to consider what is called the Lord's Prayer. In previous episodes, we looked at what Jesus taught immediately following the prayer outline. Now let's listen to exactly what he said from Luke chapter 11, verses 1 through 5. Now Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John taught his disciples. And he said to them, When you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. And forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us, and lead us not into temptation. Did Jesus mean the words he just spoke were actually what we are to say? There are only 38 words in the original Greek. Reciting it at a normal pace takes about 15 seconds. So was Jesus really giving us a 15-second prayer? Did he give us just a few words to say because he knows we're such busy people? Not a chance. Of course, Jesus dialogued with his father about everything. He would often get away from his disciples to spend personal time with his father, uninterrupted by the world. Sometimes he would pray for hours, even through the night. Jesus is teaching us how to have the same kinds of intimate conversations with the father as he was accustomed to having. Therefore, he gave us an outline of how to arrange our prayers This outline is the framework we build upon as we learn to more freely talk with our Father in the heavens throughout the day about everything that concerns us and Him. We are not free to ask Him for anything we want, however. Imagine if you gave your child or a friend everything they ever asked of you. Jesus knows us intimately and knows that if we are left on our own, we'll ask for things that may actually be bad for us or hurt others. Our human nature is all about self at the core. So without divine guidance, we'll end up asking for whatever works best for us and only us. We're all very good at praying according to the me monster within. I'm borrowing that phrase from one of my favorite comedians, Brian Regan. So how do we build our confidence that we really do know what to ask of God? How do we reject the incessant desires of the me monster? The mighty me monster. You don't have to figure it out on your own. You don't have to wonder if you got it right. Jesus' words are like your maps app guiding you where you need to go. We just center our lives and most definitely our conversations with God on Jesus' teaching of how to order our praying. The Apostle John had over 60 years of living in an intimate relationship with the Father when he was led by the Spirit to write in 1 John five fourteen and 15, This is the confidence we have toward him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the request that we have asked of him. The closer our requests align with God's will, the more we can expect to receive what we ask for. How do we know his will? Well, that's the $10 million question, right? We all want to know God's will for our lives. Should I take this job? Should we move? Should I date this person? On and on our questions go, 
wondering what God's will for us really is. His will is in black and white. We don't have to wonder about it. He gave us his will in his words. It's written down for you, and God has protected it for centuries. There is no other piece of literature that can be compared to the Bible in reliability. There are so many ancient copies of manuscripts of the Bible in existence that we know for certain it is God's revealed message to humanity. We have it in more English translations than any of us will ever read. God has already spoken to us about how to ask him according to his will through his word who became flesh, Jesus. The key to asking God with confidence is asking according to his holy word, which obviously is his perfect will. The prayer outline is our guide to praying according to the will of God. But I want specifics about his will, you might be asking. So do I. And the specific answers you need will come through the Spirit as you pray according to Jesus' outline. So let's dive in. Okay, every conversation we have is dependent upon the person we're speaking with. Naturally, Jesus taught us to address God as our Father, who is holy. To call the Almighty Creator and Sustainer of the Cosmos our Father is a pretty mind-boggling privilege. We have the right to call Him our Father because He chose to adopt us into His holy family. Our union with Christ that makes us sons and daughters through faith is so binding that we also have the incredible privilege to call Him Abba. Abba was the common term of endearment that a child would call his father in the first century. It also captures the sense of deep respect for a father. Now, was there a time when you wrote a card or addressed your dad with deep love, gratitude, and respect? How did you address him? Was it dear dad or something similar? This is the idea with the ancient word Abba. It carried with it a deep and trusting love along with an unwavering respect and admiration. Focusing on the reality of why you can call him your father will greatly impact how you pray. You may begin with thoughts like, Thank you, Heavenly Father, for showing me who Jesus is and for giving me the faith to believe that you gave him to us to suffer, die, and rise again. Thank you that in him I have a brand new life, both on this earth and in the next life with you. I praise you that you are my Father who loves me with an endless love. I believe that nothing in the seen or unseen world can separate me from your love. You are an amazing father, full of love and patience for me and for all who trust in your son. Thank you, Father, for giving me your grace when I don't even recognize what you've done. Thank you, Father, that all your promises to me are certain and all of your words are true. Help me now to speak with you in a way that honors you and pleases you and makes you smile. Imagine how much pleasure your Heavenly Father finds in hearing you say things like that. Once you get used to spending time thanking God that you are His son or daughter, thoughts about your high privilege of being part of His family will flow much more easily and naturally. This is the idea behind, Hallowed be your name. We not only need to address God properly as our Father, we must thank Him for the kind of Father He is. Consequently, we want everyone we know and love to also recognize God's holiness. Jesus said that the Spirit would come into the world to convince people of their sin and of God's holiness. Remember in Jesus' day to use the word name meant to refer to everything about the person. The name includes the person's character, their reputation, all that they are and all that they do. 
Stating that our Father's name is holy means that we are recognizing that everything about God is completely pure and set apart. His holiness means that He isn't like us at all. And isn't that good news? You wouldn't want God to be like you, would you? I don't think so. You see, God's holiness encapsulates all of His other qualities like His love, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, persistence, dependability, and truthfulness. In the prayer outline, we begin by acknowledging who he is and what he is like. The Psalms are full of beautiful addresses to God that capture poetically how Jesus taught us to begin our prayers. One such example is Psalm 103, verses 1 through 5. Listen to this. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits who forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. And it may be helpful as you begin to pray to picture a scene like from Isaiah 6, 1 through 7, when the prophet was taken up into heaven, he saw God seated on a throne with seraphim circling above him, calling out, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. Immediately, the prophet was seized with the reality of Yahweh's holiness and his own personal sinfulness. I find it helpful to affirm with the seraphim this majestic declaration of Yahweh. He is before all things and in him all things hold together. So let us be quick to acknowledge that we are beginning to understand how marvelous and full of splendor he actually is. As you remind your soul who God is and what he is like, your problems will begin to diminish and your perspective about life will take on new hope. As you concentrate on who you are praying to, it will impact what you say and what you think. You will be less likely to fall asleep or get sidetracked with competing thoughts. It may help you to think of a favorite story that depicts God's character or picture a scene from nature that declares God's holiness. Find what helps you to remain focused as you pour out your heart to God the Almighty, who loves to listen to your prayers. Father, holy is your name. Thanks for listening. In Episode 8, we'll continue learning from Jesus how to pray using this powerful outline. Until then... May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you.